Welcome to the Recombobulator Lab with Jason Gramnai and Chris Dominic. Jason just asked me if what's going on in the United States, and, and I said nothing. So I what I'm going to say now is, hey, do you ever have Chinese balloons floating over your airspace? All die long, baby. Does that happen? Like you? I mean, they're closer. They're closer to you. Um, they can. What was the? What was the quote? They can get away from a civilian and um, and just suddenly float around. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, I'm, I, I'm I with it, you. That's uh, funny. I I find it really <laughs> funny how in authoritarian countries there's really no sense that you're ever going to be honest about it. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like, the way Russia handles the war, the way that China talks about every foreign policy thing, is like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm that's totally with you. Lots yeah. of credibility there. Uh, no, but but honestly, you don't, you guys, is you guys are much closer to China. You're still not like right on China's door or anything, but. Well, I think, I think there's nothing to see here. I mean, think about it. You put a balloon up. I mean, those things are huge and amazing. And you float it over Australia. Well, 90% of the country is desert. It's like like looking at Breaking Bad country. It's like there's nothing to see here. Literally, it, there's nothing to see here. How's it How's it going, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Chin? Well, uh, other than Uluru, it's been kind of rough. Uh, we're waiting to hit the next coastal city. Oh my um, God, there's yeah, there's nothing. Literally, there's nothing to see here. Move yeah. on, and uh, and and on it moves. Hey, what happened to that? Um, cycling back to all the planes. What what happened to all the the graveyard of all of the Qantas planes? Actually, it wasn't yeah. just Qantas planes. It was like a bunch of planes. Are, are they gone now? It was Singapore Airlines. Yeah, the the Airs Rock um, uh, Airport is now empty, and all those planes are being recommissioned. And it was. I think you might have heard that story that they were. It was literally snakes on a plane. And creatures yeah. on a plane, <laughs> and you, you tried to seal them, and they—they they obviously can't seal them perfectly. So the poor—imagine that poor bastard. So the the dude who runs operations at the airport, at the sleepiest airport in the in the world, suddenly he's looking after three hundred seven four sevens, and he's like gets the call from Singapore Airlines going, "Okay, let's fire those bad boys up," and he's got to yeah. open the door. He opens the door, and there's a lot of shuffling around of critters and creatures, and oh yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. miracle he didn't die. Yeah, go ahead and go in there and just make sure there's no Australian <laughs> deadly animals. Yeah. So like, as if as if as if the plane isn't living in their home, right? Like, I mean, that's something that's so funny. It's like, okay, dude, really? You just parked your plane in the middle of the bush. Anyway, that's that's awesome. Well, hey, so you know what we're doing today? We're uh, we were just we're capping up. We're capping season two. We were just talking about the fact that uh, we want double credit for season two episodes because that would get us to the exact same amount of episodes. That actually we'd be like one more, I think, because today's seventeen. So that'd be thirty four. Yeah. We did thirty three last last season, and so then we'd be the same because I do think. It is different uh, post-pandemic. Uh, in fact, one of the things that ha- happened that uh, Jason and I should probably share with you is that we we pulled this off really only because we pre-recorded a bazillion of these. And then mm. while he went off to, uh, gosh, where'd you go off to? <laughs> we went off to like several other countries and did other things. Yeah. And, and we, were, we, were all, uh, we were all back. We had a nice little stack of these things in the corner all ready to go. 
And that's that's kind of the only way we pulled it off, right? Yeah, because we suddenly, I mean, the of the pandemic, like all good pandemics, I think we've all lived through many pandemics, remember oh, the yeah. 1917 one, um, oh, yeah. is you have time and then the time just disappears post-pandemic. And so the banking of um, episodes is kind of critical. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's been, yeah. No, yeah. it's actually, it's kind of the opposite busy. of that now, actually, right? I mean, it's it's almost like the pent-up demand makes things just crazy. I mean, I think, um, in fact, Jason and I didn't even pull this particular episode off the way we planned. We were going to do this, what, a week ago or something? And you're like, yeah. not going to happen, man. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it was, I mean, it, it was, it was, you know, we didn't have a guest that we, we screwed or anything, so it didn't make any difference. Um, but it's interesting just how different it is. And, um, but I'll tell you, I, I, I learned a ton. I mean, I can't believe how much I learned actually this year. These conversations were so fun, and we had so many people who were so real. So I wanted to ask you just to kick this off. Like, what when you think back to what we had and what we learned and, and what we got out of a lot of these conversations, what were some of the the highlights for you? Well, I think the societal stuff, like the alcohol free piece, the yeah. the fake meat thing. Um, uh, I just found those ones super, super interesting. And e-cigarettes, those three things, I just find amazing. Can we um, can we talk about that for a second? Know? I I listened to the e-cigarettes episode this morning. Mm. That is kind of terrifying, actually. I mean, I I was when she yeah. said twice on the show, she's like, "Yeah, there's there's DNA breaks we observed," and you you're talking about how they sell them in Australia. Under the premise that they they don't have any nicotine in them, but they clearly do, and like I don't know the whole the whole like let me sell you the same addictive substance, but dress it up so that you think it's different mm. is really really interesting. And then there are these health harms that I think it's interesting that we haven't heard more about them. Right? I mean, she she's clearly perfectly comfortable talking about it, but wow. I don't know. That to me really punched me in the face. I'm with you. And I find like if you drew a theme through so many of the conversations we had, it's like there's there are facts around so many of these things and yet they don't rise to the surface and the general public don't know about them. Like um, around the concussion, for example. I or, was just thinking said, about e- that. Yeah. The e-cigarettes thing or, or the tiny sachets that we had um, in Indonesia with um, Yobel. Um, yeah. We know it, but we don't do anything about it. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, yeah, oh, guns and gambling. That was a great episode. I love yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we finally got that out of the way after uh, talking uh, about that for – I think a year. You you know what's interesting about this whole societal thing that we covered, these various little elements of it that I, I, I do think there's, there is this problem with humans and, and things that where causal links are delayed. It's a, it's a really Mm. fascinating thing that, that kind of comes up in my work sometimes when you're dealing with lawsuits about it, because I'll give you an example. Mm. Um, smoking's an interesting one because the health effects of smoking take years to usually get get you mm. right. So then, when it finally gets you, and then you then you have regret. But 
there wasn't anything at the time that sort of got you there. So, you know, you get to Yul Brenner's situation and he's like, Oh, well, no, yeah. it's killing me. I definitely regret this, you know, but, mm. but before that it's, we just, we struggle with it. And I mean, if, if you felt sick every time you took a puff of a cigarette, you probably wouldn't smoke. Right. Um, yeah. And so there's this issue with causation and distance. And I was thinking about it, the environment, right hmm. uh you don't you don't there's not an earthquake the second after you do something uh seismologically like like frack or yeah. something right so, hmm. so or, or you don't um from putting co2 in the air it's it, you don't see with your own eyes yeah. that this is doing something with uh with what you eat too much food you don't you don't feel fatter immediately you know what i mean and it's just one of those things where you know what are we going to do <laughs> that's I just well, keep thinking, yeah. that's the thread, you know? It's wow. But I think what it is is we don't recognize, we fundamentally don't recognize that we live in a system and that there's a complexity to systems. So we need to develop systems thinking, which we do not have at school. We are awful. No. It is it is like cause effect. Like I do this, then something should happen very soon. If it doesn't happen soon, no, oh, maybe that's okay. And then 20 years of smoking, it's like, oh, that's probably not okay. But uh, we don't have the whoops. it's it I I think the the newest part of our brain, not the 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 base of the brain, but the the newest part does the problem solving and the logic piece, yeah. um, the executive function. It, I think I think it, it does a terrible job of recognizing that we're in a system now. Whether that's a system like the natural world that we live in, um, you know, in two hundred years, we have absolutely devastated this planet. <laughs> Just two hundred years, crazy, and it, right. You, it, and you know that that analogy where we're like two minutes to midnight. Like if you think of the history mm-hmm. of the planet, we're yeah. right. Like we in in like in the last three seconds, we have devastated the planet. And what's fascinating is that we're so arrogant to say we've got to save the planet. It's like no, no, the planet's going to be fine if we could oh, just all die quickly. Right. Then the planet's going to recover beautifully because that's what systems do. They can recover, but we have. We as a species are really up against it. Like yeah. we, we don't recognize the world we live in. And it's that detached analytical thinking um, that um, that Cartesian thinking from three or 400 years ago where we pull ourselves out of a situation, we look at it, we analyze it. We don't recognize we're a part of it. And yeah. it's a bit like modern medicine, right? Modern, modern Western medicine is like rather than the holistic Chinese medicine, which is like it's a whole system, it's like, Oh no, I'm going to be a specialist in back surgery and I'm going to be, and like, you don't recognize that. Well, it's not just, we're one whole thing. So we, we just can't do this, um, specialized. Yeah. You know, think of it holistically. That's a great, it's a really, really good analogy because every time, um, I have gone to a physical therapist for some sports injury or something like that, I'm Mm. always stunned at how well those people understand how things are all connected in your body. And you'll be like, why are you working on, you know, the part of my body that, uh, that doesn't hurt. And they'll be like, well, you'll notice tomorrow because this thing's connected to that thing. And those people have done some amazing work, at least for me over the years. I can't believe what a valuable profession they have. And I think part of it's because they do kind of understand how that all works. They, Uh, they just have to. Yeah. Yeah, they have to. Right. I mean, that's the, but you know, okay. So back to this, this idea, trying to be optimistic. Cause I am pro human. I, you know, uh, I, I, and Chris, I'm done. Chris, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's funny. It's funny you say that because I do have this conversation with people sometimes, and I I talk about the problem of when you look at all of these issues, and they're important issues to look at. But after a while, if you don't sort of tell yourself, yeah, but humans can do amazing things. You know, like like we, we're yeah. cap- we we uh, we're capable of all this awesome like like love and wonderful things. Like right, like that we like we heard with. Um, uh, we heard with one of our guests, right? Like the, you know, mm. like when we uh, we asked, I, I believe it was Yobel, right? He, we were like, how mm. do you, how do you um, deal with the fact that this is so grim, you know? And he goes, you know, you just mm. gotta, you just gotta be hopeful, and you've got to, whatever you do, you know, you just gotta think about love. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, because you know we all yeah. we, we've got our families, we got our friends, and th- that is the coolest thing. And we we do these amazing things like create the internet, which then causes all sorts of problems, <laughs> right? Like it's so great that we did it, but then it's like oh, and then it's just today I was looking at this incredible, incredible graphic of this thing that puts us in perspective with the rest of the universe. Oh, and it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is just. At first, you're like, "Wow, that is such an effective demonstrative exhibit." Because I'm thinking, like, you know, my job, right? And then I, and some things really aren't really explainable by by the voice or by the text or whatever. Mm. You really need to see certain things with your eyes. But then I thought, oh, I hope I don't make people feel terribly small when I share this with them because it is. It really does make you go, "Oh, wow!" Like, I mean. Yeah. Even the entire earth is so small. You know, even mm. our sun is technically a dwarf sun, a dwarf yeah. star. It's, like, uh, yeah. Things like I, that. It, it, it's, yeah. it's like, oh God. All right. Yeah. And it just keeps going. You think we're getting we're getting done with this pretty soon. And this thing from the the new space telescope, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're like, oh my God, that's great. Yeah. And then you get, you know, at the end, like these super massive uh, anyway, you get the idea. I mean, it's just. I think I, that there's a there's a yeah, yeah. I think there's a huge mental health benefit in reminding ourselves every week that that the, the, of that thing that we're small, but yeah. it's amazing. It's just the amazingness of it all. It, yeah, it, I think if you can create right. wonder every week, remembering them, you know. Yeah. Well, right, right. I think that's really good, right? Because I mean, if, if, yeah. if uh, it's, I think it's an element of cognitive behavior therapy that I think we might have heard this from, from Doug Keane, but I yes. could be wrong. Where we were talking about this, and he's like, you know, you can always reframe this in your mind. But it's the point you made about the like the prefrontal lobe in our brain is not. It feels like the, the mm. challenge with it is it's capable of great things, but you have to tell it to like wake up. Like it doesn't seem to do yeah. things on its own. You have to go. All right, wait a minute. Let me think about this for a second. If you don't sort of yeah. do that, if you just go with what your natural reaction to things are, and you don't like mm. second, like process that through that advanced yeah. part of your brain, it, then that is that takes that takes extra work, right? It takes yes. extra work to take something that you're reacting to and then reframe it and go. Well, wait a minute. Yes, it, isn't there another way to see it? And I think that's. That's like, it's kind of funny because you and I have both managed people. And one of the things I always remember teaching young managers is don't tell people, like, as much as you can avoid it, don't tell people not to do things. Like, tell them mm. what they should do. Like, 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 so <laughs> like, so if they, they are supposed to pull the blue button and, but, and they're supposed to push the red button and you say, hey, 
don't pull the blue button. The problem with that is you let you leave them with blue button, which is in their mind in their mind now. And really, all you're supposed to do is take the extra step to instead of like the first thing you will think is like say say don't do that. That's the first thing that enters your mind. You're, you're, mm. you're, that's like the your mammal like talking. And then if you mm. stop for a second and say no, just tell them to push the blue button. Just mm. like, but you have to take that extra step. Yeah, uh, and it's also it's not. Is it more memorable because you're telling them what to do instead of what not to do? It's more positive. It's less you know demeaning and scary. I mean, there's just anyway. I I think the whole thing is fascinating to me. What a thread ran through all of these societal subjects. Yeah, I think one of the things you said was around reacting. There's a whole mm-hmm. different world of reacting versus responding. And yeah. the seconds that if you can just take that breath, if you can just take that to, to reframe a really bad situation or to – if we live in a reactive world, bad things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like bad, bad things happen. And that reaction, which is I think flight, fight, which is the base of your brain, like oh! um, if you can just hit pause and think a little bit further um, – you're going to come up with a much better outcome. So it's trying to yeah. do, and that's the whole basis of meditation and a whole bunch of other things that you can bring into your, your life. But yeah, it's a, it, it, stepping back and looking at our season of episodes, it's been a, a fascinating season looking at where the world's going. There was some elements around technology, around you know, how we eat, how we drink. You know, my son turned 18 on Sunday and in my day I was drinking since I was like 15 and it was a very boozy Australian culture and I just there was a statistic that 30% of young people are never drinkers never mm. drinkers mm. 30% 30% are very intentional drinkers like they will only drink one or two because they don't want the hangover and 30% drink like you and me you know low right. functioning alcoholics um, but my <laughs> son went and had his so Sunday Sunday he turns 18 do you think he ran to the pub on Sunday night nope he finally yesterday, which is my Wednesday night, he went down to the local RSL where you and I have had a beer. Oh, yeah. He had half a beer. He didn't even finish the beer and he came home. You and know, I think it's a that, fascinating thing. So, but, but here's what's so interesting about that. So alcohol is way on the way down, but mm. nicotine's way on the way on the up. Like, yeah. Like, that's a yeah. weird replacement, right? I mean... It's terrifying. The, 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 doctor, the doctor that we had on looking at the pulmonary, the health issues, the idea yeah. that a, a vape, an e-cigarette, is 60 to 120 chemicals. It's a chemical bomb. Yeah. And that little cartridge is one packet of cigarettes, so you could mindlessly bang through three or four cartridges a day, which is like three packets of cigarettes. It's like three packs of cigarettes. Right. So it's, uh, it's kind of like the um, in alcohol, it's like the, when you're drinking a really big beer or something like that and you're not thinking about the fact that you just had like six beers <laughs> yeah because you, you had you know no. if you had it, it's in it, it you know you don't want to think about it either but the reality is is this this shift is interesting like why why would mm. we never of course we never got to this question but like why would you have some health process which is like okay i'm associating drinking with more like not drinking with a healthier life your son's a yeah. surfer. I could see him being like into being a healthy dude, um, but then like he's probably got a bunch of friends who vape. I mean, I don't. Maybe yeah. he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. But it sounds yeah. like if the odds are what the odds are. Maybe he has right? to. Yeah, and, it, and, yeah. I, and you got to wonder: is that because 
they don't realize how bad it is for you? Or is it just, I don't know, who knows? Or because they don't care, maybe because it's like with young people, there's always a certain amount of giving uh, the finger uh, to society, right? That's half the fun. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Do you guys call it the finger? You guys don't probably call it the finger. Yeah. No, we do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's yes. nice to know you're yeah. on the, on board with the finger. It's a it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's like one of my, one of the best one of the best jokes I, I've heard recently was, uh, was this guy talking in a particular comedy uh, piece where he said, and then his finger uh, he lopped off his finger. He couldn't have a middle finger anymore, which meant that it was he was incapable of driving in Boston anytime soon. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. I thought so. You don't really see it coming, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's but, good. So if we go way back, if we go way back to the beginning, I was thinking about how much, how, well, I'll just say it, how brave and awesome Zane Lamprey was to just be straight with us on what he thought about taking offense in comedy and mm. what it really yeah. means and, and, and the realities of it and how it gets overhyped certain times and where it's legit. And I, I thought he was... I thought that was really cool that he put that out there. And if, and I was thinking about themes. I think for the, the vast majority of our participants were really real with us. And that's really what we've always been going for, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's an evidence-based thing. It's it's as humorous as we can possibly make it with serious subjects. And uh, and people have got to be real. And I think and, we and, got that. And I, yeah, I agree. And I think that question around... Um, bust a myth for us was such a cool mechanism to kind of get at some of these big things. Like I think with the, I'm, I'm stuck on e-cigarettes for some reason. Yeah. The idea well, that was, people are told, really recently. Oh, it's, it's just water. It's, it's just water vapor. I just think that's like, oh yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that so much. Oh yeah, it's just water vapor. It's just something um, fun uh, to do. Yeah. Well, oh, and, and by the way, what what I what I tell you that if I was a um, Someone who yeah. probably didn't have a very good moral compass and was trying to sell a lot of things to people and make them addicts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, particularly if I'm outside the realm of the law and I'm in some other country yeah. that you can't get yeah. at me or whatever. I, I was also mm. thinking about we tackle, I mean, like, I'll give you an example. Doug Keene's no fan of authoritarianism, but I thought he gave mm. the authoritarianism versus democracy reality a very good setup mm. like right he didn't mm. he didn't bang on about any particular political thing he just said here's what's going on psychologically with it you know yeah and i thought that was i thought that was also really refreshing um Did, I, we've learned a lot from him was, was his conclusion that authoritarianism rises when the, the populace is fearful no. i think it was no not really i mean well i mean i i think you could probably extrapolate that from the conversation but i think mm. i think what he was talking about in particular was that i mean i thought the theme was authoritarianism is a political system and it is something to be concerned about if you value democracy but it's mm. also like an element of what humans like some humans need a certain amount of yeah, there's a there's a strong leader who makes this decision at this point. Like mm. uh, he didn't use this example, but the example I was thinking of was again management consulting kind of stuff. Where we used to talk about there's basically three different types of decisions that you can make. You can make a um, a consult decision, which is kind of in the middle. That's yeah. like where you go, hey, can I? 
Jason, what do you think um, about mm. this? I got to make a decision about this. Would you tell me what you think, and then I'll make my decision? That's the consult decision. The consensus decision is the one that takes the longest, but it's probably the best because yeah. you get everybody, right? You get everybody yeah. involved. And then there's the command decision, which is usually not as good, but necessary because of time. Like uh, the yeah. best example I can think of is duck. Mm. Right? If I go duck and you say why, um, which is what, you know, yeah. which is what a lot of people <laughs> will do, um, mm. it's probably too late. Right. I mean, sometimes you just got, sometimes you need a strong Mm. leader to yell duck. And, Mm. and I would say the way, um, I would say the way corporate cultures have developed over the years, there's a real preference for uh, consensus decisions on everything. And the problem is, is that doesn't really work. I mean, it works for Mm. a lot of things, but the reality is there's a lot of times where you need to do a consult decision. And I'd say at Mm. least once a year, there's a command decision out there that's got to happen. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's just, but the, why do, why do so many people not like command decisions? I've discovered it's because it's authoritarian and it, it freaks some people yeah. out. It's like what, you know, like, Whoa, what, you're, you should have to explain to me why I have to duck. Yeah. <laughs> which is, like, which is really interesting. I think I'm not sure if this is a correlation with the younger generation where, Everyone feels like they need to have a say in every decision. I'm not sure if that's a, a every every generation, the younger generation feels that, or this particular generation feels like everyone wants ownership in a decision. But in yeah. Japanese culture, there's a thing called temawashi, and that is absolutely 90% of decisions in Japanese companies are consultative and take forever. But the yeah. beauty, the, it, the, the negative is it takes forever. The positive is everyone's got buy-in. There is no complaint. There is no one saying, I didn't have a say. It's like, no, no, you really did. <laughs> that's fascinating. Oh, that's, that's yeah. very interesting. Oh, yeah. you know what? That For some reason, that reminded me of, um, even though I don't know why, uh, Mike Hanley, when we oh, asked yeah. him, is so is the Be Real app like the kind of thing that's going to turn into something? Or is it just going to get replaced by one of the other like big tools? And he goes, oh, it'll be replaced. Yeah, <laughs> like flat out. Like, <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> That's it's so just, funny. No fear at all, you know. Like I just, I thought that was fantastic. It, um, it was, and there's like, there's no revenue model with it, and I, I've not used it since then because it's so boring. Because it's yeah. like it goes being once a day. You take a photo of yourself, a photo of what you are. And it's like after five days, it's like I'm so bored, and I don't care where you are. So anyway, yeah. it's amazing. It, it, you started to realize that to you, it was a waste of your time. That's what you were thinking. You were like. Oh God! Like I, I, I don't need to give up my but time I, uh, anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh. and I was drawn to it because it's like with the you know the other ones where it's like if the app is free, then you're the product, right? Because they're right. selling your data. Yeah. And with with Be Real, it's like well, they're not serving up ads. That's good. But then it's like there's no revenue model. They're just aggregating lots of people, and then they're going to flick it to someone. But yeah, as Mike said, it's like. Yeah, Instagram can knock this off like tomorrow. Yeah, for nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah. now they haven't yet, but still, I, I love the fact yeah. that he, uh, like, like everybody, I thought was just super real with us. It was really, mm. it was really fun. I, I'm what do it. you think? What's uh, what's coming up for you in the post podcast world? Uh, what, what are you? You're you're doing all sorts of different things. I am. I am. You know, we've got projects um, up in the South Pacific on the Nappy Front, which is exciting. World Bank project, which is kind of cool. Um, I am toying potentially with another 
another podcast with my son called Teach Me Everything. Oh, that's um, fun. Which is which is an idea where I've got four university degrees. I'm 53, and I'm I understand less and less about the world. Yeah. So I thought having a young person like my 18 year old son, and we might have a guest or two on to talk about what is um, Depop, what is Discord. What is, how does someone do online dating? Because that's beyond me. Like there's like a raft of things. There's a raft of things that I don't get. And I think it's interesting. It flips the idea of mentor-mentee on its head because typically a mentor is older and the older mentor teaches the mentee something. But I think nowadays, mate, the the digital natives and you and my generation is the last generation. We were born in pre-digital land and now we've had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Digital natives just see the world differently, so I think there's That's something true. in there. So we're we're tinkering around with that, um, which is quite um, exciting. So yeah, I would, and then I would yeah, totally, just, yeah. I would totally be a fan of that. Like, like, <laughs> I, I no, really, like if you put that out, I'll listen to it. That sounds great. That well, sounds- what we're actually doing, we're trying to go to like Udemy or Khan Academy, some of these big online listed businesses. Like you know, you can do so many online courses. Um, at very low cost and see if they'll sponsor us because it's a neat for idea. Udemy is interesting because it's like they don't they don't have a podcast and podcasting is a really cheap, effective but entertaining way to bring new customers in for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're kind of toying with can we get some corporate sponsorship maybe. So we'll see. What about you, Love young it. Chris? Love it. Are you, yeah. you fighting justice? I'm I'm uh, I'm doing justice through the help of uh, legal teams. Uh, that's, that's, that's a joke. There's a an, there's an old retired jury consultant who used to say that he was from Texas. He used to they'd say, "What are you doing?" He'd say, "We're doing justice." Um, <laughs> we're. I always thought that was pretty that's entertaining. So good. It's pretty that's good. Uh, so no, yeah, we're we're just we're really having fun. Push, we're just we're working really hard to push the limits on putting putting together better technology, better processes, and we're just trying to stay as as edgy as we possibly can. And for some reason, that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that kind of keeps me fired up. I love the mission so of being one, just a little bit out in front. I just even if it's impractical sometimes, and even if, um, mm. I don't know, for some reason that's really fun. Because if you're always thinking, all right, what would make, what would help the clients learn more? And I will say, mm. I, I, since I don't know if I've ever said this on the show, now is probably a good time to say it. One of the things I really like about our profession is, this doesn't get talked about as much like on a show like bowl or something where people like, that's what people think the stuff is. But when you work with some witness who is really having a hard time explaining themselves and Mm. they're being hit with all these loaded questions from, from attorneys who do this stuff every day and you work with them with the attorney and they start to actually learn how they can, they can do this in a way where they, Mm. they don't sound like they're scared and they don't sound like, yeah, they're they're like stammering like uh, 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 or, or you know they don't mm. sound defensive which which can really give people a um you know sort of an inaccurate view of somebody right and so i feel like we can help level the playing field for people mm. for like like for witnesses and i i feel like we can really help the level the playing field for we can help jurors understand this incredibly complex stuff we've got to do sometimes like when we're working on patent cases and stuff yeah. I love I love feeling like, you know what, 
we're we're gonna make this this jury's gonna we're gonna make it so the jury is is not just understanding this, but they're maybe even a little aren't entertained by it. When in fact, when yeah. they probably first heard, uh, Mr. Jury, this case is what they really want to hear is this is a murder case, or you know what yes. they really want to hear, <laughs> you know, and you know what they get, and then they're like, this is a technology patent case, and people are like, oh, like no, right. Now, sure, all the evidence suggests that when they actually are seated for the jury, they're all in and they, they want to work hard and they want to do a good job. But prior to, to you know being seated, I'm sure they're thinking, ooh, two weeks talking about technology mm. in a courtroom. I mean, anyway, so I get all fired up sometimes when I'm, uh, when I'm fired up. I get fired up about the fact that I think we're doing work that is it's good for people. It isn't just... Something you have to do because the legal system yeah. exists. It's something we we're trying to do well. So anyway, that's I think that's yeah, that's very cool, and that's yeah, I, yeah, that's so cool. It's well, congratulations. It's going to be an exciting twenty twenty three for you. Yes, and I think I think there could be a chance of a season three if you and I were to be able to do that. That would be exciting. There's I'm I'm never going to say never. That's I'm right. Never, never say never. never. Yep, because who knows what could happen. Plus. I I, I'll tell you, Jason. I just I'll sign off by saying I always look forward to doing this with you. You are a great guy to be able to hang out with all the way across the world <laughs> digitally. I'm uh, very feel so blessed to have met you all those years ago with our kids in the same school, and we always said wouldn't it be fun to work together. Yeah. And then we 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 basically manifested the pandemic. We're sorry, but we manifested yeah, the pandemic yeah. to get the podcast going. Yeah, it's I mean we, that it helped us get great <laughs> ratings. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go pandemic. So yeah, see, and we anybody who thought that we were like good guys was just like, oh, I think if these guys had a vaping company, they'd be, you know, yeah. they'd be killing it. Uh, okay, be awesome. <laughs> well, we're, we've overstayed our welcome to our very consistent. We have, uh, yeah. So. I will. I will see you soon. I, I'm looking for opportunities that you and I will get together in person. As hard as that is, and uh, in the meantime, good luck on your on your endeavors. Uh, and thank you. And thanks Chris. for a great season two. That was a wonderful season two. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Bye everybody. Thank you for joining us at the Recombobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham Nye. Catch you next time. time.